Good morning and welcome to another episode of Greater Greener Georgia. Hello. Yes, GCV was on a company retreat last week, so we decided not to release an episode, but we're back this week with our regular bi-weekly schedule from now on. Yes, and, and very happy to be back. Um, this week, we have a very interesting, intense, and powerful story for you. Alexis is going to tell us about one of our coworkers who went and courageously stood up to the Public Service Commission this past week. Um, Alexis, do you want to give like a little intro on, on what happened? Yeah, so a little backstory. Our coworker, Juan, who's the organizing director of our 501c3 program, so she's the director of the Georgia Conservation Voters Education Fund, uh, she and her team have been working really hard um, to intervene in this year's integrated resource plan. Um, and to be honest, I had never heard of that before learning about it from them either. So I'm gonna give you a little explanation. So I'm gonna read out the title of the law because she was saying it a lot um, in her speech when she was speaking a few days ago. So according to the Georgia code, which is called Title 46, Chapter 3A, Section 2, which has to do with filing and approval of an integrated resource plan, uh, the law states that the Public Service Commission shall convene a public hearing on the adequacy of the integrated resource plan. At the hearing, any interested person may make comments to the commission regarding the contents and adequacy of the plan. And so what is the integrated resource plan? It's also called the IRP, which is how we're going to refer to it from now on. So every three years, the Public Service Commission must submit an IRP, and this process dictates that Georgia Power and other utility companies must develop the resources that they're using in the most cost-effective way to help Georgians meet their energy needs. Additionally, the IRP Act requires that the IRP plan adequately demonstrates the economic, environmental, and other benefits to the state and to the customers of the utility. So if you have high power bills, this process can create programs like energy efficiency and weatherization programs, as well as providing you with resources to lower your power bill. During the last IRP process a few years ago, the Public Service Commission approved a measure that resulted in a $575 million increase for customers, which is why Juan and her team were trying to make all of our voices heard this year so that something like that didn't happen again. Wow. Yeah. So the IRP is really important. Um, mm -hmm. I, we have talked about it before on the podcast and also through our other channels and things, but so it's really a really important part of our energy um, plan for, for the upcoming three years. Okay. So let's cut to this week. You guys are at the public service commission offices and you know, why did you guys go there? Why are you there? Yeah, well, so this past Tuesday was the last public hearing on the IRP before it gets approved. And GCV Education Fund has been working really hard to bring attention to this issue. And we brought with us a letter signed by hundreds of Georgians. In fact, your names might even be on there if you've seen us at an event recently. And this letter is asking the Public Service Commission to honor this IRP law to hold a public hearing about the process, since they haven't really done that due to their COVID policies that have been in place since 2020. 
And let me just say, because I was there in person and the whole reason, I mean, I'll tell the whole story, but they didn't let us in. And yeah. the reason they weren't letting us in was because of their quote unquote COVID policies. But let me just say, we were in that building. You would not know that they're obeying any right. kind of COVID policy. Uh, me and Juan and our other coworkers, Deborah and Tish, were the only people in there even wearing masks. And I mean, it was crowded in there. And just the fact that they were denying us because of their COVID policies felt very silly to me. Well, yeah. there was no social distancing, no masks, nothing. Definitely a made up reason. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't made up at the time, but it's kind of crazy, you know, because I think this has been in place since, you know, probably March 2020. Right. But at this point, it's clear that no one in that building is obeying any kind of COVID policy. So they're just, it felt like they were using it as an excuse to just mm. not let us in. Definitely. Um, and so just to go into that letter a little bit, the demands from the education fund and signed on by Georgians were to increase Georgia's weatherization and energy efficiency programs, demand that Georgia Power carry 100% of the financial burden of the construction of the Vogel nuclear power plant, which we talked about a few times on here, and to carry the financial burden of their coal ash cleanups instead of making residents like you pay for it. And they were also demanding uh, what they're calling no swapper rooms. So this means not swapping out their coal ash plants with just more dirty energy producers like natural gas. We want solar power and net metering instead. Yeah. I mean, those sounds like pretty strong, basic demands that mm -hmm. should be followed and, and listened to and, and even get got, given a chance to be presented. But, you know, hundreds of people, that, that's amazing. And so... You guys have this paperwork, you're at the PSC office, they're not letting you in because of these COVID policies. So what happened next after they didn't let you in? Yeah, so we went up there and, you know, you have to talk to a receptionist before going into the building. And so Juan explained, you know, we're here with a petition, we have two or 300 signatures. Um, and we want to speak in front of the Public Service Commission just to read this letter. You know, we're not even trying to be there for that long. Juan went up to the receptionist outside to ask to be let in and they refused us. Uh, one of the things they also kept saying was that apparently in order to actually go into the hearing room, you need to have registered at least 25 people who are showing interest in your matter and they have to be present with you in order to be let in, which oh, wow. again, tell me how that's a COVID safe policy that you need to bring oh, yeah, 25 people. Um, a contradiction for sure. <laughs> I know, because there were four of us and we were yeah. ready to present our case, you know, and stand behind Juan. And so Juan tried to reason with her for a while, um, you know, just explain, because due to their COVID policy, you can enter public comment, you know, we could turn it, which is actually what we ended up doing. You can turn in the letter to that front desk and they'll enter it into the hearing. So it's supposedly read by all the public service commissioners and their staffers and everything. But, you know, it's just different than being able to speak directly face to face with these people and actually look at them and tell them what our demands are. Um, and to, you know, give a little bit of slack to the receptionist, they're just doing their job. They were just following the rules that have been put in place by the state of Georgia, but still it was just very frustrating that we were being, uh, denied entry. And because Juan, uh, was expecting this, she did bring her zip ties with us and Deborah, our coworker got right to work as instructed and zip tied Juan to the handles of the doors. And I want to be clear, Deborah was not Deborah was asked to do this. <laughs> this was the plan all along. She wasn't just trapping Juan up there because Juan was trying to make a statement of if you can't let us in, no one else is going to be able to be let into this room either because the people will not be moved 
and the Public Service Commission needs to listen to the voices of their constituents. Wow, that that's so powerful. It's like a it's like a turning moment that you think about and look back on almost of of this visual image of of Juan. So so her hands mm. are zip tied to the doors. No one is allowed in, you know, or no one's able to get in because she's mm-hmm. there. What kind of now that she's tied to the door, what was the whole what did the room feel like in that mm-hmm. in that lobby of the PSC building? So it was definitely awkward for a few minutes. And also just for more context, I was there on Instagram live the whole time. So also mm-hmm. that whole video is on our Instagram page on the education fund page. Um, and so I was just standing and filming the whole thing because I just wanted it all to be recorded. Um, for a few minutes, you know, we timed it so that it was like right when everyone would be arriving for the hearing, all the staffers and the public service commissioners. So a lot of people were already inside the room, but a lot of people were still coming up the elevators to get in for their 930 meeting. Um, and so everyone was very confused when they would come up out of the elevator and there was someone standing zip tied directly in front of the door and they couldn't get in. The receptionists were definitely getting very frustrated. They were, they were able to let people in the in through a back way. So people were ultimately able to get in through the, through a back door into the meeting. Although uh-huh. everyone was very confused when they were yeah. getting out of the elevator and it was quiet for a few minutes and Juan was just standing there, you know, they still weren't letting her in. Um, and so Juan took that opportunity to kind of just speak directly to the camera and to anyone who's going to go watch that video. Um, just explaining how this was an act of justice to stand up for communities who are being silenced. She was explaining the demands in the letter. And so, yeah, it was pretty quiet for a little bit. And Juan was doing a great job, you know, just explaining why we were there. And then there's a bit of a silence and we can hear the receptionist say in the back, you know, very politely, hi there, we're just checking to see if our panic button is working because we've pressed it three times and no one has come up here and we're having quite a situation up here, (laughs) which was kind of funny because like, I mean, it was a situation, I guess, but like Juan was just standing there. Like she was not being violent. She was not doing mm-hmm. anything dangerous. She was just standing there. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just funny. And a panic button, that's crazy. But mm-hmm. so, and yeah, what Juan is saying in the clip, it, it's so powerful. And and she was, you know, n- n- didn't seem on the outside nervous or was, wasn't stumbling or anything. She was really... It, no, she was with, ready. Yeah, she was speaking with conviction. And I just mm-hmm. want to reiterate for folks that that haven't that can't see because they're listening right now, but you can go watch the video on Instagram. But right now, Juan is tied by both wrists to the door of the public service offices, basically the after the receptionist, you know, with zip ties and mm-hmm. the staff can't get in. The receptionists are freaking out. And 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 but yeah, she is so calm and and speaking so clearly and concisely. Um, it's, it's really powerful to watch, but mm-hmm. after that, what kind of, what happened next? What was, what was, what happened? Yeah. Well, so it turns out, I guess their panic button did work because two police officers came up out of the elevator. Um, and they talked to Juan for a while and made it clear, you know, because Juan was really just reiterating super clearly and over and over again, that she just wanted to be able to talk to the public service commissioners. 
And the police officers just made it pretty clear that they had no power over this and they just had to cut her out of the ties because she was acting as a fire hazard, which understandable if something were to happen right then she was blocking an exit, which was the point. But, you know, she's like, okay, yeah, you know, you can cut me out of these. I'm not trying to put anyone in danger, obviously. Mm -hmm. And as they're doing that, the elevator doors open again. And like, I need to go back and watch the video. I think like six more officers came out and they had already cut out cut her out of the zip ties at this point. So all of a sudden the room was just really full with me, Juan, our two other coworkers and police officers. Just so we were just outnumbered. Yeah. Um, and Juan just really kept very calmly repeating herself about how messed up it is that this so-called public hearing isn't open to the public. Um, and, you know, the police officers were not fighting back on her. One or two of them even really seemed like they agreed, but they were like, listen, this is not our jurisdiction you like I like they just kind of it got to a point where it was clear that we made our point and we could either leave or it looked like they were possibly going to arrest Juan if she kept putting up this fight. Mm -hmm. And she had really gotten her point across loud and clear at this point. A lot of staffers had heard her talk. You know, we obviously didn't have access to this public hearing, but I'm sure they were talking about her in there. She definitely made her point. So we decided to leave because there is no need for it to get any more dangerous than it already was. Um, and I was just really proud of the whole situation. You know, I was just standing there and filming, but it's just so clear how passionate she is about um, standing up for the people and environmental justice and getting equal rights and representation for everyone around Georgia. And I just felt like it was such an honor and a privilege to not only have a front row seat to this, but to get to work with these people every single day and to be a part of this fight um, for a more just energy system. Yeah. Shout out to Juan, man. She's always yeah. like doing stuff. She's out there doing stuff and, mm -hmm. and she's, she's taking action and, she, you know, not only for the people that signed that petition, but for everyone in Georgia, really, um, you know, she's, she's always having, you know, her, her and her team have all these events going on and stuff. And, um, so yeah, wow. It's a great story. It's really yeah, interesting. It was really cool. Um, yeah. And I, I almost feel silly saying I'm proud of her because, you know, I, I didn't do anything to help. Yeah. With this, but it was, it was just really, really cool to get to be there and watch her, you know, even like make an impact on these people's days and hopefully on their decisions. Yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, one of those powerful protest movements, you know, by taking these, you know, kind of drastic actions to, to mm -hmm. definitely be heard um, is really yeah. inspiring. And so if you want to watch the whole video, it's about 25 minutes long. You can find it mainly on our Instagram, which is GCV Ed Fund. Um, we've shared it across a few different platforms, but definitely worth the watch if you're interested in the full story. Um, make sure to send it around to anyone else who you think might be interested. Um, and also make sure you follow us to stay up to date with the latest in this fight against the Public Service Commission to make sure that they're really representing Georgians and what we want for our future here. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I guess with that, we'll wrap it up and we'll be back um, in two weeks with another episode of Greater Greener Georgia. Thank you, Alexis, for telling us that entire story and talking so much throughout doing all the talking. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. It was a really cool opportunity to be there. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening to Greater Greener Georgia. Have a good rest of your week.